Yeah, what's up, guys? This is Chris. We wanted to give a brief intro to this week's episode of Sundays for Men. We came in with a much lighter topic, but with everything going on in society right now, as it relates to black men and black people, we're pissed and we have every right to be. Everything about this week's episode down to the tone reflects that. It's an unedited, unfiltered, pure example of frustration. And if you're offended, well, tough shit. Enjoy. Yo, what's good? Good afternoon. This is Sunday, May 31st. Uh, this is the Catch This Podcast with another episode of Sundays for Men. I am sitting next to my boy Gio. Yo, yo. Um, and we also have Darius through the Mix Minus. Darius, say what's up to the people. What's up, y'all? I am happy to be here remotely live from Hagerstown, Maryland. I'm going to put us on the map, Chris. <laughs> put us on the map. What's nah, good? Yeah. I hope y'all doing good today. You, you got it. <laughs> no, nah, but, you know, Darius is from home. I'm also from the DMV. I'm from uh, Southeast D.C. So home always is where the heart is. And we hold Maryland very near and dear to our hearts. I'm happy that you made it home, Darius, safely. Um, I know you had travels yesterday. Um, yes, and, and we are we are gonna be ready to rock. So, like we do on Tuesday's playbook, uh, let's just check in real quick and get the temperature. Um, how y'all feeling so far today, Gio? Yo, like I don't even have words. Like I woke up this morning, bro, and I'm not even gonna lie to you. Like it's just anger all around. Like I don't, I don't know like the words that can describe my emotions right now. It's, it's just hard to put into words, bro. Like based on everything that's happening right now, I just don't. I honestly don't know what to say, what to think, like even what to feel anymore. That's just how I'm feeling. And what about you, Dave? Um, yeah, I was gonna say, Gio, that's a that's a very fair feeling, and I think that's a feeling that most people are having right now. Um, my feelings is, is a bit frustrated, yeah. exhausted, mm-hmm. tired, um, but also due to the person that I that I am, I'm a little perplexed right now because I'm a person that whenever there's an issue, there's a problem. I like to find a solution. And that's some of the things that we're gonna be talking about today is how can we be a part of that solution? Uh, so that's really been the top of my mind. Um, you know, How can I turn my frustration into a solution to better our community so we can rise up out of this place? And uh, I know it's something that's bigger than just me, it's bigger than ourselves. And it's gonna take a lot of changes, I should say, before we get into it, just a lot of changes. So that's how I've been feeling recently. Um, and I'm excited to be able to talk to it and maybe we can um, come up with something productive. Chris, how are you feeling? Uh, you know, I, I think, um, you know, for the listeners, for those who don't know how Sundays for Men works, normally we have conversations about topics that may plague, you know, men, right? So, I try not to racially generalize it because I think that all men deal with a lot of stuff that we're going to be talking about. Um, But this episode is a little more personal, right? Uh, It's it's a little more personal to us as black men because 
another one of our own. So most recently uh, with Mr. George Floyd, rest in peace. Uh, and then if we're start talking about, you know, Amal Aubrey and going back and going back and going back, right? We are now in a situation where I heard recently young people are now, so young people, so millennials, right? And then mm -hmm. the people under us are now starting to come to grips with what America really is. And the social media age, the people under us, right? People younger than you all. I'm a little older than y'all. Even people younger than you all have never really seen this stuff before. But this is stuff that my grandfather, our grandfathers, right? We're fighting against. Mm -hmm. This is stuff that our grandfathers, grandfathers were yep. fighting against. You know what I mean? So, you know, we, we aren't super removed from the civil rights movement. It's not even 100 bro, years old. Bro, it just happened, bro. It's not even 100 years old, right? So, um... You know, I, I think I'm feeling I'm not I'm not numb yet. You know, people have been saying how they're becoming desensitized to the ideas of what it means to be murdered, right? Murdered in yeah. the middle of the street. Um, but hopefully in this conversation that we use again to help, you know, brothers, help men be more uh, more accountable in who and what we are as men. Hopefully, maybe this session, then this episode will be a good venting process for me because, you know, I know I hear all the shit about, like, you know, there are good cops out here, and that, and I get it, right? My sister's father is a police officer, uh, and I would like to believe that he has some level of conscience, right? That mm -hmm. if he was ever in a situation where he had to detain a person and a person couldn't breathe. First of all, he wouldn't have his fucking knee on the back of his neck. But if he was ever in a situation with a detainee, I think that he has enough sense and conscience to say, as a police officer, maybe I need to, you know, get him some water or uh, apply first aid. Like as a first responder, you should be applying first aid. Exactly. I, that's part of the law. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, and so maybe this session, Darius, to answer your question, maybe this will be a good venting for me. Um, mm -hmm. Because in my frustration, I do, like Gio, feel a lot of vitriol mm -hmm. to the circumstances. We're going to have Nuri on a little later, and he's going to be talking about his experience with the police just last fucking night. Last night. You know, 12 hours ago. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, it's not even been a full 24 year, bro. Like, the motherfucker went to go yeah. get a condom from 7-Eleven. And had to go run from the police as a college-educated person, you know, a college-educated black man. So hopefully, you know, I won't be super ranty. Um, I am very frustrated. I think that the times of peaceful protests and all of that shit are done. Been done. I heard recently on a podcast this morning, I didn't come up with this idea, but I do share the same sentiment, that things don't change until you start fucking up the money. Yeah. Right, you gotta hit them where it hurts. Bro. <laughs> Things don't start changing yeah. until you fuck with the money. I'm not saying that people got to be out here looting in Philadelphia or looting in Minnesota. I think that that can be counterproductive, especially in the communities that you live in. However, if a target supports the Minnesota Police Department, whom has been notorious over the last 50 years for things like this, right? Then that target's got to fucking go. Period. Mm -hmm. Period. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, I. I Personally speaking, right? 
again, am I out in Philadelphia looting right now? No, I'm in the comfort of my own home podcasting with Gio and then you. But if I had the ability, right, or if I knew someone who's out here donating to the Minnesota Police Department, then I would have to ask some questions about what exactly you believe in. So, but we'll we'll get into that. I wanted to start off by saying again, very clearly, rest in peace to Amal Arbery, George Floyd, and even Breonna Taylor with that situation that's happening in Louisville, I believe. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just, in Kentucky. It's, uh, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's ringing true right now. And, and to all of the, the fallen angels that, have been wrongfully murdered uh, by the police. Um, you know, I, I want to give a little bit of information and get your guys' opinion, Gio and Darius, about the uh, about the the murderer. Right? He's a he is a murderer. Yeah. Uh, Derek yep. Chauvin. I don't I don't even know if that's how you pronounce. Bro, it. I don't even name. care if it that's matter. how you pronounce it. Listen to this yep. shit because I don't know if you guys. I, I had to deep dive, obviously, to get ready for the podcast. So he had 12 complaints of police brutality over the past, the past decade. 15 years, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, past 10 to 15 years. 12, 12 complaints for police brutality, all closed, never charged. Right? He has gunned down so up to four men of color, either of Latino or Latinx, and African American and even Native American, yeah, so like somebody from Alaska, yeah, people, mm-hmm. right. The same sure. led a car chase that killed three people. Clearly, this dude's fucking unstable, man. Like they know, and they're always covering it up. It's not like they don't know, bro. Like that's why when people are talking about, oh, not all cops are bad. There's no way people in that department don't know what the hell is going on, bro. And they're all they all just sat there and decided to let a blind eye go over that. So I'm not trying to hear, oh, oh, there's some good cops, too. If there were some good cops, he would have been held accountable years ago. Yeah, and I think that's a, that's a great point. <clears throat> yeah, the, the good cop versus bad cop, people will go back and forth all the time. Here's the way I look at it. And this can go for any job, right? I'm going I'm to make my point, and then I'm going to compare it to another profession because that's what this is. It's a profession. It's an occupation, mm-hmm. right? It's your job. So if you see a cop doing something that's wrong, right? That's wrong. Not part of the job, AKA putting your knee on someone's neck and choking them out in broad daylight. If you see that and you are not saying something, if you're not holding that individual accountable and stopping that action, you are now a part of that problem. Right? So now I want to make, I want to compare this to any other occupation. I don't care what, your occupation is if you work at a bank right and someone is messing up the money and they're stealing money you sit there and watch them steal the money if you don't say anything that person is going to continuously to steal money that now makes you an accessory right that makes you you are now not holding that person accountable and what is part of your job within compliance to escalate that to hold that person accountable to get that person fired and removed from the job so then that problem doesn't keep going so on a police level if there's people if they're consistently being violent if they're consistently killing black men and women if they're consistently uh having these these accusations or these events of police brutality you're not holding that individual accountable you are now a part of the problem you are no longer a good cop in my eye because you're letting this happen you are the reason you are a part of that problem so 
Darius to piggyback off of um, off of that, and I I completely agree. Right, the ideas mm-hmm. of being complicit, the eyes of being of being an accessory to what's going on. Let's let's take the because I don't I don't want this to be I don't want this episode to be we hate cops. I, no, I, that's again, that's not what I, we're doing again. Here. Again, my sister's father is a police officer, and I think that he is one of the best. Right, I've seen him in action. I've seen him be able to assess situations and I would never say in good conscience that all police are terrible human beings or less than right again with Sundays for men I think that each and every person has the capacity to change themselves for the better if that's something that they're serious about however I do also understand that a police department or any body of government, some system of government, right, goes back to the systemic opp- oppression, excuse me, mm-hmm. and racism that plagues black and brown people across this country, period, right? We live mm-hmm. in a system that wasn't created for us. The system wasn't built for us, right? It was white people that came into a room, right, that, that fled from their original country, right? Mm-hmm. They fled from their country, to make a different life for themselves because they didn't agree with the feudal system that was in Britain, right? They came here, and I'm and I'm speaking loosely, but they came here to create a new system for themselves. That system was financially built upon the slave trade, mm-hmm. right? So if I know that the system doesn't count account for us as black and brown people in America over the past, what, 60 years or so, right? It's trying to like really get it together about the ideas of diversity and inclusion and what that truly means in the system of capitalism that was created to not harbor or benefit us. Then we as men, I think, have to start having very real conversations about what things like this do to us. And so I'm going to go into the quote from, so for the listeners, we do on Tuesday's Tuesday's playbook that talks about sports and business. So I have a quote actually from Steven Jackson, um, a former player of the Golden State Warriors in the NBA. He also played for the San Antonio Spurs. Um, And he was talking about George Floyd. He knew him. They were, I I, I think they were really close. And he was They were really, really close. Yeah, yeah. He he was saying that he and George uh, were twins. And so I saw, when I saw George Floyd and then saw Steven Jackson, he wasn't bullshit. Like, they they, they do look really similar. And so some of the things that Steven Jackson was talking about um, as it relates to George Floyd, I think were extremely telling. And I want to get your guys' opinion on some of the quotes, right? So I'm going to pull it back up. I had Minnesota state law up because we're going to get into the degrees of murder here in a second. Um, But I want to get your guys' opinion on the way that he was speaking, um, maybe how you feel hearing it, and then go from there, right? So, He was saying that, uh, and I quote, this is from CBS Sports, 
I'm here because they're not going to demean the character of George Floyd, my twin. A lot of times when police do things they know that's wrong, the first thing they do is try to cover it up and bring up their background to make it seem like the bullshit that they did was worthy. When was murder ever worthy? But if it's a black man, it's approved. You can't tell me when that man has his knee on my brother's neck, taking his life away with his hand in his pocket, that that smirk on his face didn't say, I'm protected. You can't tell me that he didn't feel that it was his duty to murder my brother and that he knew he was going to get away with it. You can't tell me that that wasn't the look on his face. So that was just mm. part of the quote. Um, how do you feel about Steven Jackson opening up in, in, in that way about the accountability, right, of the police officer in that level of onus that he put on like for me like he's definitely using his he's definitely using his platform like back in the day you would not see even though he's retired doesn't matter you wouldn't see people like that speaking up and for it to be so close to home like as he refers to him as his brother that's his mans and like just to see videos of your mans on tv getting murdered he's absolutely right now look at it when Dylan Roof, when he shot the people, was it South Carolina? Charleston. When he shot the people in Charleston, what did Charleston. they do? They brought him to Burger King after he shot mm. nine people. But this guy apparently, apparently wasn't even a, it was a bad 20, they said, or something like that. But his life, you took his life for a bad check or a bad 20. But if he was a white man, he would probably, he would get due process. Black people in this country, we don't get due process. We're guilty till we're innocent. And nine times out of 10, we're never innocent. So he's right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I think I don't want to repeat what y'all just said because I, I think y'all are right, and, and he's right for speaking up. Um, more, I, I'm a firm believer that more people need to use their platform to speak on issues like that. To the point of the quote, the, the part of the quote that was said that uh, he knew that he was protected. Um, I believe that is where the reform has to start. I believe that cops they th these acts of brutality happens because they know that they are protected they know that they can get away with it because they know the code right the, the code they know that they that their fellow cops have their back they know that as they enforce the law put that in quotes as they enforce the law they know that that law can be bended to protect them so if there's any type of reform that needs to start, it needs to start with how are you holding these police officers accountable within the department? That I believe that is truly where it starts. Uh, I was watching last night what was going on in Atlanta, and I would listen to what the mayor has said. I had listened to what the police chief has said. And there was also a video that, st that stood out to me uh, specifically, and it was a video of the black cop he was just standing there and he was talking to the crowd of protesters and the protesters were, they were, they were just voicing their concerns and the cop, he has said like, y'all are right. Y'all have every right to be here. Like you're angry. I'm angry too. Like I'm going to go in here and I'm going to hold them the fuck accountable. Like I'm pissed and I'm going to do it one officer at a time to weed them out. Like that, I believe that is people that need to be on the front lines that need to be the voices within the departments. So he's yeah. right. The, the police officers, they feel protected. Um, and 
and they need to there needs to be some type of reform to where they don't feel so comfortable anymore yeah i mean to piggyback Darius again i the the reform the reform is something mm-hmm. that i struggle with i think because it's <laughs> the the people that are hired to be police officers right <laughs> like i i don't want to stereo like stereotype who is a cop but again even if i'm looking at someone i know that's a cop right it i can definitely see the stigma about them either being a little off or them being the guys that were picked on in high school they weren't really picked for team sports or, you know, or or they're hired to complete an agenda. Now, I don't want to get into that on the podcast. If you want to hit me up and have a separate conversation about it, not you, Darius, but the listener, if you want to have a conversation <laughs> about what I mean, right, about police officers being to being hired to complete an agenda, listen, we can talk about that until you're blue in the face. But the not ref- me. He don't want to talk to me about <laughs> it. This is the only talk that I'm we saying, have. See how I said not me, Darius. I'm saying he don't want to talk I'm to me saying, any other time. See now we got to make only it get life. An hour <laughs> see, I'm we don't saying talk. it we get because one hour you, know, you know, you know, you <laughs> know. He probably don't got my number saved. One hour a week. This is y'all it. Y'all hear that? I'm trying to. This fool number yeah. the name long as hell in my phone. Darius Hockaday. Anyway, the. <laughs> The idea, I think, of the reform comes back to who you bring into the space to help reform it. So mm, let's say absolutely. let's say with Minnesota, right? The there was no arrest for days. The then I want to say I want to say the mayor of Minnesota, I think, is the Democrat, the one that's been on like CNN and stuff. Somebody will have to fact check me. But so it's the governor, and then no, I think the governor is a Democrat too, bro. I'm so the, yeah, so so the dude sure. with the check for state. me, Gio. Check for me while I talk. The the dude with the slick back hair. He he. I saw him on CNN yesterday. He got the little slick back haircut. They were interviewing on CNN, and he was like, "Uh, it was definitely murder. He should have been arrested or something like that." Um, he, I think when he got on CNN and was talking real brash. Wait, was he black? No, 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 no. White dude. When he was talking real brash about. Uh, the officer needing to be arrested for the oh, murder. Oh, you talking about him? Yeah, yeah, okay. dude. When he he was talking real spicy on the clip, like, oh yeah, it should it should be murder. This, that, and the third. Okay, cool. It should be. You're exactly right. Y'all arresting him for third degree. Third degree murder. After we watched third that. degree. Third degree. Basically, oh, it was an accident. I was on accident. You accidentally put your knee on somebody's neck for nine minutes. Third degree. Oh, I'm I'm a read y'all. This is this is from the Ryan and Gary LLC attorneys and counselors at law for Minneapolis, Minnesota murder attorneys. Right. It says right here. There are two types of third degree murder. The first is an unintentional killing during a dangerous act with a depraved mental state. This offense carries a maximum prison sentence of 25 years. The second is an unintentional killing related to certain drug offenses. Yo, y'all, yo, y'all, yo, come on with the bullshit. Third degree. That's no. where we that's where we said that. So let's so let me read this the, the two types of second degree. Intentional drive-by shooting or unintentional, right? The maximum sentence for second degree murder is less than 40 years in prison. Intentional second degree murder is intentional murder without premeditation. Ding 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 ding. Sounds like it to me, right? Yeah. 
Like, so, so again, so with the reform, Darius, that we're talking about, you, you want to get spicy, and I, I don't even know the dude's name that, that said it, that it was a murder. I'll, I'll I don't even right now, care. Well, it, it don't matter. It, it doesn't don't even matter. matter. It don't matter. You wanted to get, as an elected official, you want to get spicy on CNN talking about, oh, it most definitely, you know, is murder and he should be arrested. But then you let that third degree stand? So you want to talk spicy when the looting happens. You want to talk spicy when targets are burning down. You want to talk spicy when the city's on fire, right? But then give them, again, third degree? Like, that's it, just a slap in their face, bro. And it happens good every enough. time that's some bullshit. something happens. Like, I've, every video we've seen of police brutality has been super clear. Soup clear as day. So if we, the citizens, can determine that, yo, that is worth higher than a third degree, and you have these people that are supposed to be cops and lawmakers, they're the ones at the top, and they're spinning it to their benefit. Like, that, that's, just, that's just messed up, bro. And, like, on every level. Like, we, everybody, and even a little kid can tell you that was a murder. That person should probably get life. Knowing, like, him getting that third degree, I wouldn't be surprised if he gets, like, even a two-year sentence or something like that. It wouldn't surprise say, oh. me if, if they... Or no sentence at all. Yeah. If they drop it to manslaughter. I wouldn't actually. be surprised. I, I believe manslaughter was also in the conversation. But yeah. I, I think it was... Pre- Here's yeah, why I think it was like premeditated, that. bro. He, apparently, he knew the guy for 17 years. They worked together as bouncers at, I've a, heard that. at a club. I have heard that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's they been verified. Yeah. So they had known each he's other. probably plotting against him, bro. There's like for to know somebody for 17 years, he like bro. How are you gonna? If I'm a cop, it's gonna be hard for me to arrest somebody like that I know and use such force. So obviously he had a vendetta against him, bro. But but but, but 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 I will say ahead, I will Eric, say though, um, in, in law is not what you can you can't put the theories together, right? And I and I'm not saying that that you're 100 percent wrong, Gio, mm-hmm. but. Uh, I, that do, also doesn't fall in the premeditated, as in he woke up in the morning and said, I'm about to go and kill George Floyd. But it should be absolutely 100% second degree at the bare minimum. At the bare minimum. At, at the, the bare, bare minimum. minimum. Yeah. And, and that, that again, intentional murder without premeditation is what yeah. it says. Let, yeah. Gio, let, me, let me also say to your point, mm-hmm. I think that with... This situation in general, one of the things that we're going to start seeing, like you expressed, was the idea of now what this does to the people. I know I said this before, but what the for the people under us. Right. Mm-hmm. So if a child says that they saw this as murder, then that's what it's going to be seen as mm-hmm. your point about it. It being different, I think, for for black people and black men, one of the things that. I wanted to read today, and this touched on very seriously for my heart, um, was was another portion of the Stephen Jackson quote. And so this is very near and dear to me. Y'all know my story of how mm-hmm. I got to Philadelphia. And so Stephen Jackson says, and again, this is the quote that he had from the rally, I believe, yesterday. You get an opportunity to move away from the environment that brought you down. You get away. You be successful. You get a job. Your life starts turning in the right direction. You stumble a little bit again. It's not worth your life, though. Um, And you end up on the ground with a knee in your neck, screaming your mama's name, screaming your kid's name, going to the bathroom on yourself. Imagine if he was white. Ponder that for a minute. Imagine if he was white. And that's the end quote. So for me, 
as a person who has gone through various levels of growth throughout my life of trying to figure it out, having figured out, figured it out, and now am making a better way for myself than I had when, let's say, I graduated from high school. This man moved to Minnesota from Houston to get a better opportunity or a better jumpstart at refinding or recreating his life and was murdered. I was crying yesterday listening to that because I had the opportunity to recreate, to refine myself, right? Through all of my trials and tribulations as a person. And y'all know how I feel about growth as mm-hmm. a man. Y'all know that. So for Steven Jackson to say that this person that he was so close to move from one environment to the next to get a jump start, to go do some shit, to go do some positive shit, to make something of himself. Yo, for you to take his life as a person who's trying to be better, yo, fuck you. Like, that's some shit that hits heavy for me. What you, what you telling people under us about having a new start at your life? What you telling young black men out here that want to have a second chance to do some shit, whether they were incarcerated, whether they came out or trying to matriculate back into the system, whether they're trying to just get it together, maybe they made some wrong choices. You telling them that they can move to another space, right? They don't have to be in the fucking Midwest. Take that shit out of Aubrey in the South. He's fucking college educated. Can't even go for a fucking job. What y'all? T- what are y'all telling us as a society about us being able to make a life here? Like I told Nuri when we were, we, I'm, y'all know I'm never gonna run that episode that we did last week for Sundays for Men because <laughs> I'm gonna get canceled. But like, I was saying that the ideas of trying to solve being a black man in America is the black person's Rubik's cube. Mm. You trying to, so, to to be a black person and a, a black man, not a black person. Again, I'm not, sisters, I'm not saying this not hard. That's not what I'm saying. But I am a black man, right? That's, that's what I am. Solving the American system, right? Living in the American system, the capitalistic society as a black man is like solving a fucking Rubik's mm-hmm. Cube. Agreed 100%. Mm. You may get it. Right, you you may get it. It, it may take you yeah. days, months, weeks, years, years to get it, and you may. But there are millions of other motherfuckers that will never get the opportunity mm-hmm. that we talked about last week as exceptional black men sitting in a room. Like that's the shit, Gio. That that's that's yeah. tearing me up about mm-hmm. this shit, and that's why I'm upset. Like this man's trying to start a new life. He's trying to do something different. And this is weird. Is this like any kind of progress black people makes? It just intimidates white people. It like we're there's enough space in this country for all of us to do our own thing, mind our own business, go about, live your life, have fun. But it's just like there's just something, I don't know what it is, but it's just like whenever they see us prospering, they think that we're taking away from them. There's enough in this country for all of us to do what we want to do. That's how I see it. There's no way. That he, as you said, he left Houston, went to a different city, start fresh. He in a different part a of the different Gio, part Gio, of the country. Like, I, I don't want to interrupt you. He he moved to a completely different part of the country. Mm-hmm. 
He went from the south to the to Midwest. The, to the Midwest, bro. <laughs> like, so like, it was hot in one area. It's cold, cold in the next. Other. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like he he moved from two. It ain't like moving from fucking Hagerstown to goddamn Philadelphia. Shit is cold in Hagerstown. It's cold in mm-hmm. Philly. It's human in Philly. Yep. It's human in goddamn Hagerstown. Like we not talking about something yeah. like that. We talking about hours and hours. You picked he up your life. He moved states across, bro, just to go make something of himself, and that was intimidating to white people. Like it's. Why aren't we just allowed to move around and to have freedom that this country states that you have here, which doesn't exist? Because it wasn't the, the freedom wasn't built for it us. It wasn't, and exactly and, like, and, and that that's that's the plain and simple answer. It was never, it was never built, built for, us. for us. It was built by us, right? We know mm-hmm. that we built tax. it. And then throughout time, as America progressed. The Constitution and the legislation that has been made never progressed for us. In fact, it always progressed against mm-hmm. us. When enslavement, when African enslavement was abolished, the Constitution was updated and progressed to change it, to make enslavement into a different way. The 13th Amendment, if you've ever had the opportunity to watch the 13th Amendment or the 13th documentary, it was on Netflix. Definitely recommend it. It's very documented. Now, throughout that time, right, then you have a gap where sharecropping happens. And then you go into the Jim Crow area. All of that was allowed through legislation, legal segregation within the Americas. Then let's not forget Cointelpro, which was another, uh, which was another, um, it was uh, another, I don't know what the term is, uh, initiative by the government to dethrone and, and to break apart black liberation organizations. Then we can even go further. We can go into the move bombings in Philadelphia, 1985. My dad was nine years old in 1985, right? We can, we can just keep it, keep it going. Mass incarceration, the, uh, the crack epidemic, like it was never ever built for us, right? So we have to find. We've been having to find a way on our own as a people to maneuver around a system that has always been built against us. This doesn't even mention redlining. This right. doesn't even right. mention any of that, right? We've been having to maneuver around all these laws and legislations, our entire history from landing here on this continent. We've been having to, to maneuver, and it is now 2020, and we are still having to find ways. And I don't, I don't want, a, again, it would be very hard-pressed for me to say that the majority right, of people in this country that are not of color are the issue. There, there are some perspectives that say they are. Right. If you don't speak up, then you're part of the problem, of which I completely agree with. I haven't spoken to a single white person today uh, because I think that the mass majority of the white people that I know in my life and I know some good, good, good white people. But the it's like the goodness only goes so far. Right. Mm-hmm. Like if you, you know, even the ones that may post on social media about, um, you know, hey, like this is the thing, like this is so wrong. And, you know, it's murder. Like it's still even privilege for you to be able to have that level of perspective to say on social media and it not be considered hate speech. Right. Do y'all see that bullshit that's going around? Yeah. That black people are yep. responding. And like in certain I think on they were saying on TikTok, 
like anything that is put as R.I.P. George Black Floyd Matter. or Black Lives yeah, Matter they, they or some shit like that. that it's, yeah, that now, it's considered now, hate now, now, I will say I, I want that fact check for the sake of this conversation because I've seen both sides. I've seen that TikTok that that's been a rumor. They haven't been taking it down. I've also, I'm not See, on TikTok. I don't, I don't so have I don't TikTok, know. so I don't. So, know. so, so for the listeners, for the for the listeners, I, I would like to for you to take Chris's point and, and to and to fact check that information because you're right. You're right. I was going to say that even, we are being reprimanded. Yeah, even if, it, of what even the if it's a rumor, mm-hmm. even if it, even right. if, it were, if it was one person, there's the fact is it still happened. It's right. Still happened. It's still happened. Right. Exactly. So exactly. Yeah, you know, so you're, I, right. you're right. I don't. I don't. Again, want like I. I I don't want this to turn into like a war on white people. Mm-mm. You know what I'm saying? This is like, not this is not our goal, right? Like now. white white people have given me the ability to succeed on a number of different occasions in my life. So Agreed. I whether they were trying to meet a quota or whether they were doing it. Don't matter. I heart, got to where I needed matter. to go. I I am in spaces to move off of the strength of a few yep. good white people in my life. So I'm I'm not about to sit here and again. I can't in good faith, right? Say that. Nah, it's all y'all motherfucking crackers fault and, you know, blah, blah, blah. However, comma, (laughs) right? (laughs) When are more people, like some of the white people I saw in the pictures in Minnesota, GL, you sitting right next to me in days. When are y'all going to step the fuck up? Like, I'm being dead at. Like, when when are y'all going to see... I'm knocking the mic over. I'm getting so upset. When are y'all going to start seeing, right, the, the, the hollow fault of your own fucking privilege? And not just, not just white people. Y'all Asians out here as the model minority, if y'all don't know what the fuck that means, go look it up. This isn't a podcast for me to teach y'all. Y'all should know this type of shit, right? I work in diversity and inclusion work. It comes very natural to me. When are y'all going to step the fuck up? When are more of you all going to step the fuck up? And I'm not saying just because you were white and out there protesting in Minnesota, that means that you are an ally to the cause of being black. That's not what I'm saying. But at least they did something, right? Mm. It doesn't fall. This this is the narrative, right? That that black people are caused to be teachers. We are caused to be teachers, and we are so open, open armed, right? We will take everybody into our culture and our community because we've been marginalized since we got here. Darius, you made a fantastic point, right? We have been marginalized since the goddamn inception of the African-American, quote unquote. So we are so welcoming. We're so open armed into having people retain and take part in our culture. Yo, for me, that stops today. If you are not a part of the solution to me. You are a part of the problem. Mm. Point period. blank, period. So period. I have, I actually have two things uh, that I would like to add to, to, to what to your point, Chris. The key word is solution, right? So I, I, I don't want this. To, we, we never want this to become a rant. So I want to provide everybody that is sitting at home, our white listeners, our non-black listeners that are thinking, okay, you're right, Chris, but how? I'm going to tell y'all how, right? I'm going to give my uh, takeaways that I would like you to take away to figure out how. Right. First step is educate yourself. Right. Take the time to educate yourself on what the oppression looks like for us, for black people. 
And what does white privilege look like? Take the time to educate and recognize your privilege, right? I feel like that's step one, right? If you're not able to do that, then just forget about any other step or part that you can make in trying to make, create a solution, right? And then step two is white people hold your white counterparts accountable, right? If you're sitting in a room and they say some racist shit, you have to hold them accountable to not say some racist shit, right? One of the prime examples, I think we've all seen it, uh, where Louis C.K., Jerry Seinfeld, Chris Rock, and someone else, I can't quote it, was sitting around in the table, and uh, Louis C.K. made a joke about nigger, and Jerry Seinfeld was like, yo, that shit ain't funny. That will never be funny. Like, that's not funny, right? A white person holding his white counterpart accountable, because for some reason, we've been fighting for centuries, and they don't hear our voices, but for one time when a white person is able to use their voice, they hear you. Right. So if you want to be a part of the solution, hold your friends accountable. I mean, I and I think to take it a step further, Darius, and that was very eloquently put. Yes, sir. I'm going to put it a little more bluntly. <laughs> Yo, all y'all white motherfucking men and all y'all white motherfucking women, if y'all out here getting black dick or black pussy, step the fuck up. Period. If y'all are out here, like, let me like, let me be very real with you. If you want to celebrate the fruits of black loin right step the fuck up if you were invited into a black person's home this year already step the fuck up if you have black quote unquote friends right step the fuck up this shit about you needing to educate yourselves yo geo can you read me the name of that book that's sitting right on my goddamn coffee table can you read me that post-traumatic slave syndrome ptss go get that fucking book Read it cover to cover. Right Fragility is another good book. one. Cover to cover. Read it. Because it's one thing, mm-hmm. Darius, I think, to... And that's why I'm being a little blunt, right? It's one thing to uh, read about your privilege, right? And, and, and be, you know, what's a good way? Uh, be uh, well-informed about what it means. It's one thing to do that. It's another thing... To really dive deep and understand it. That is not just going to come from reading. So, and I'm Darius, I'm not saying that you said that. I'm saying in general for, for the listener, right? Your ideas of privilege are not going to come from just reading something on the internet. Because a lot of things that you read on the internet are going to be very easy reads. Let me tell you, as someone who does the research who works in an office. They are very easy reads because it's something called... um. You know, it, it, well, it, it really is the white fragility, actually. I was going to say it was something else, but it is. It's, it's the ideas of white fragility. When most white people start to talk about levels of privilege, it is done in a way that is extremely luke-fucking-warm. Very few people are going to say that a lot of the things that you do, Darius, you made a great point about different levels of conversation, right? And it doesn't even have to be against a black person. I know a lot of people think that, oh, like, it's racist if it's against a black person or if it's prejudice. No, it's any it's any person thing, right, that isn't like you. It is considered a prejudice, right? Or if it is used in a stereotype of race, it is a racist remark. So anytime you are in a circumstance or situation 
I don't care if it's your own damn mama, right? White people, if your mama say something racist, say something to her about Check it. Check them. Like I'm not saying I'm I'm not I'm not sitting here on this platform and saying y'all motherfuckers gotta go read about Kwanzaa and go adopt ideas of Marcus Garvey. I'm not I'm not saying that y'all gotta do that shit. What I am saying though is specifically, and I again, Geo, you can you on the boards, so I want to make this exceeding I want my voice to come through swimmingly. If you are out here participating in black culture. And I know you, and you are not stepping the fuck up, we are done. Now, if you just out here, random ass motherfucking white person, again, I'm not, I'm not, I don't have the expectation for you to want to figure this shit out. But if you are entertaining black culture, black dick, black pussy, whatever, right? It is now time for you to step the fuck up. You got rap songs on your goddamn gym playlist? Step the fuck up, white person. You going out to go see motherfuckers in concert, right? You you cannot continue to, to use black culture mm-hmm. when you see fucking fit. Black people, stop that shit. For real. Like, it, it's, it is now at... at it, shit, it was at Ground Zero before. It was at DEF CON 5 before. I was taught all this shit. My mother went to Howard, right? The Mecca of black thought. So I was taught all this shit at a very young age. My grandfather also went to Howard, the Mecca of black thought. So I was taught a lot of this shit at a young age. But it is literally DEFCON 5. We at we at level 10. Black people, stop being so motherfucking welcoming all the time. Period, bro. It's like we're looking for their approval or something. Like, what, what's the problem? Like, We've been doing that since goddamn like, integration, Gio, not to cut you off. Nah, you're right. We've been doing you're that right. since integration. Black people push for integration. That's all we wanted. We wanted to for everybody to frolic together. We wanted to live in harmony in a country that wasn't built wasn't for built us to for live us. in harmony. Because there was no black people writing that constitution, bro. There was no black people in those rooms helping them formulate constitution, bill of rights. It was all done by white people to benefit white people. It's like, now 2020. There is time for legislation to be put in place because obviously... Like, well, one thing I always wanted, I, I want to see, like, the oath that he took in Minnesota to become a cop. Mm, that's a good point. Because I want to see what it says, because I know it mentions discrimination and stuff like that. Because that's, like, a u- universal for, for police. That's a good point. So, like, you're, what's, the, what's the punishment for breaking that oath? There has to mm. be some system set up to protect us as unarmed black men, well, most of us unarmed black men, when we're out there. There has, there's like, for me, bro, like, not really shifting the conversation, but like, I'm done with these protests, bro. You know how you, I'm I done. told you, I told you, I'm done. I told you, it, you, you are not going to get anywhere in this country, and I firmly believe it, right? Like, I think I told y'all even before we were talking about this, I think maybe off mic, like, yo, change does not start until you start fucking up the money, mm-hmm. until you start fucking up the church's money. That's mm-hmm. the quote, right? You fucking up the church's money, now we got an issue. 
that's when change happens. Yep. Like you're not you're not about to even with the legislation and stuff that people are talking about. Yo, y'all, G, I'm not saying this to you. I'm saying this mm. on a broad level. Y'all want legislation to change with no money. That's what I'm saying, bro. So, we need to like whatever we're doing as a people. It has to be backed by us. We have to get, get that get money together. System. You got to get the only way to get into the system and change the system is with money. With money, you yeah. have to infiltrate mm-hmm. it in order mm-hmm. to change it. Period. Period. If it, so I got. So, so I got a question. This is this is a great segue um, because what I've noticed a lot of people that I've talked to, and many of our listeners, you may feel like this, and this is a it's okay to feel like this. It's okay to say you're not okay, but I also want to ask y'all to the point that many people feel so small, right? We feel so so small as one individual with such uh, a big issue. An issue that seems so large that it takes a national form of legislation to get passed in order to create change. Even that isn't so hopeful, right? So it seems so big, you know, so drastic of a change that's needed. So my question that I pose to y'all and as well as the listeners, what solutions can be put in place to us as an individual, someone that may feel as one individual, someone that's so small, you know, what is the good first step that we can take to one heal because we've all faced trauma and seen this every single day heal as well as move forward. What is moving forward look like? So I'll start. I will say every black and brown person. And so this is Sundays for men. Every black and brown man in this country needs a therapist, period, preferably one of color. Mm. So. Uh, some of you listeners may not may know, some of you may not. Um, I was diagnosed with complex trauma disorder uh, some years ago now. And that basically means that I throughout my life have seen and been a part of different levels of trauma. And it is very hard for my brain to differentiate fight or flight. That's that's basically what that means. And so because I feel a lot of things, right? I just get that honest. My dad is a feeler. My mom isn't. I got the feeling for my dad. Um, Because of that, right? That feeling has transgressed or transgressed rather across my life, right? It has has literally transformed from the time I was a child to now the time as as I am now an adult. My perception of life has changed dramatically because I now know as a person what I am dealing with in my own emotional state. Black men are the least studied people in psychiatry and therapy by 68%. That's a big number. We are 70% less. That's a big number. To go sit in front of a person to help us emotionally and mentally, right, than any other sect of Men in this country. That is astronomical. Mm-hmm. And so even you, fellas, unfortunately, right? And this Sundays for Men is a platform where we as men hold each other men accountable. Fellas, you can't continue to pillow talk with your hoes and think that that's fucking therapy. <laughs> you can't Say continue, that again. You can't continue to pillow talk these women that you may date. So those, you know, are women or hoes that you fuck with. Those are hoes. Ladies, I'm not calling y'all hoes. I'm saying that's how men look at y'all. You cannot continue to be in a space 
where you have deep levels of conversation with them and they give you an opinion back. Nine times out of 10, that opinion is not objective. They subjectively are with you. They paid the price of admission to be in your space, whether it be in your bed, whether it be in your car, whether it be in any other circumstance that you're running with, right? They are giving you an opinion that is subjective. A therapist, a psychiatrist is supposed to be objective with you, which is why I'm telling you to get one of color so they can give you information to help Darius, your point, heal. You cannot heal if you do not know the shit that you are dealing with and where it fucking stems from. My complex trauma disorder did not start with me being alive as a person. That fucking trauma spans 200, 300, 400, 500, 600, 700 goddamn years. That shit didn't just start with me, right? I live in a society that we are now seeing firsthand could give a fuck about me. And so that, Darius, I think is the first step in order for a person healing. You have to get some level of professional, right? Conversation mm -hmm. help. You have to. It, it is no ifs, there's no ands or buts. That is how you assess your own levels of growth. So that's one. Two, I cannot stress this point enough. Again, I cannot stress this point enough. Your state and local elections are extremely important. Say that one more time, bro. Your state and local elections are extremely important. Now, 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 Gio, Darius, you guys could say, well, Chris, you just talked about how this country doesn't give a fuck about you, right? This government is made for you, right? Why would I go and participate in an election? I will tell you why. <laughs> A lot of these things that we are talking about in terms of police, in terms of those things, happen on a state level. Those police are a city and a state level. Those police commissioners, those people that you see, right? Those happen on a state and city. So again, that is a local level. Participate in those elections. Do I think that you have a lot of a say on the president? Hell nah. I think money controls that. Mm -hmm. And caught me a conspiracy theorist. But mother, this country has been suppressing black votes since we got the right to fucking exactly. do it. So I, I do not think that there is much to do in that sense. Do I vote as Chris Jackson? Absolutely. My, grand, my great grandmother was spit in the face when she was marching with Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., and so from that alone, I think that it is my fucking, it is my duty, right, to uphold my great grandmother. My, so we call them nanas in my family. So my great nana, it is my duty to uphold that, right? So that is why I participate in voting on, again, the presidential side. But on your city and state side, yo, participate in that shit. Look into it. You have a major say. I'm not saying that your votes may not be suppressed still. That's not what I'm saying. But we see what is happening on a very city level in Minnesota when motherfuckers got something to say. We see what happens. Participate in that. There are, there are ways, right, to influence the system, but you can't influence it if you don't infiltrate it. Period. You, and this is the, that's what we don't understand as black people. And I get it. Yes, protest. But you know what? White people see protests as disturbances. That's <laughs> what they see. Unless they're doing it. Unless they're doing it. And it's a right. But if anybody else is protesting, it's a disturbance. All they see is noise. Because in two weeks, nobody's protesting. 
we're right back to square one. Somebody else getting shot. There has to be something that can be done. And as you suggested, and I've been talking about this for weeks now, we have state local representatives. Mm -hmm. They represent us in the state. That's their job. If we don't talk to them and if we don't petition them and tell them, look, this is what we want as a people in our state, in our local community, then they're just going to go to Washington every day and nothing's going to happen after that. But we, and especially black people, we don't, oh, I don't like politicians, blah, blah, blah. But guess what? They represent us. We have to talk to them. They right now can have a bigger impact than we can have protesting. If we tell them, look, we want X, Y, and Z to happen because this and this is happening. And we continually, we get um, even national coverage on it. Say in Philadelphia, we want to go talk to Malcolm Kenyatta right now and be like, look, we don't like what's going on. We're scared that this is going to happen here. There's no way you're telling me he's just going to sit there and just watch everything go go down. I, I refuse to believe that. Yes, politicians are known to not always be on the side of black people or whatever, but that's what we have, and we have to know how to use the system and to utilize it to our benefit, because white people do it. We have to find out how we can benefit from our state and local representatives. That's a that's a that's a great point, Gio. Um, and and I thank y'all for for uh, giving y'all solutions because, at, like I said, many times when things like this happens, we feel so small, right? We I mean, especially us. I mean, we'll we'll call it like it is. We're we're in Philly, right? And this happened all the way in Minneapolis, Minnesota. So a lot of times the questions arise, the question comes about, you know, how how can we be of impact if we're not directly in that community? So um, I, I think, so it, our viewers, if you all didn't get anything out of that, just know that there are solutions. There are solutions to these issues as well as to your trauma that you're facing and ways to, to, to face that on such a smaller level. You can do your part as an individual. You can educate each other. You can educate yourself uh, to, to be able to to be able to be a, a, a small solution. So that's my call to action. I love to have call to actions whenever we have these conversations and for any type of episode, but specifically for today, uh, this is one that sits very close to at home for every single one of us. Um, and I would just like to add, it's one more solution. It's okay to turn off the news. Very okay. It's okay yeah. to take a social yeah. media break. Yeah, as I a, had to do it. As yeah. a it's media okay. major, it's important, bro. Just walk away it's from okay it. It's okay to say you're not okay. It's okay to, to you know what? I, I would even say it's okay to take some time to not talk about it for a while. It is. So take take a couple take a couple hours to just decompress. Just sit down, drink no, some just, tea, and, and be and I and I think Darius like be res, be responsible in the way that you consume and use those platforms, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Um, that that's not a white people thing. Not that's a black people thing too. Gio, you were saying. You know, a black man was uh, unconsciously killed, right? Murdered mm -hmm. in the middle of the street. And people on Instagram throwing up some ass. Like, yeah. Nah, bro. I, I, I feel like, and I just had a conversation with a beautiful young sister for a couple of hours the other day about about what's going on, right? She she wanted my opinion. She knows I stand, you know where I stand. I could be super militant at times and, 
You know, other times I could be really objective. One of the things that I said um, about us as a people right now, and again, let me stick with black men. We have to do better about holding each other accountable. Yes. That was huge when I was coming up, right? So I'm from Southeast D.C. I've always had a black man of some sort of substance, even even if it wasn't like to himself, right? Mm-hmm. He always had a level of substance to try to give me some levels of wisdom and guidance because I didn't grow up with my dad. And so there was always an OG out here teaching me what was the right thing and the wrong thing to do, even if that motherfucking black man was out there doing the wrong thing himself. He was always telling me, right? Nah, this is the right thing. Nah, this is the wrong thing. And I have made a plethora of mistakes in my life. Darius has been involved in some, right? <laughs> I have made a plethora of mistakes. Wait, 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 Involved. The feds like, coming from not, not involved. What? I'm saying you've been you've been there to see them unfold. You've you've been there to see pick the up some of the, the pieces <laughs> after how the they unfold. But no, well, no, no. Boy, I ain't on the front line making no mistakes. No, with no, you no, now. no, yeah, no, no. And I didn't. And, and listeners, I don't want it to come off. The, Put me on the, blast for the viewers. The mistake, <laughs> the mistakes that I make are my own and my own alone. The what well, what happens with growth. And what I was talking about before, which is why that part of the Stephen Jackson quote was so telling to me about George Floyd leaving one area and then moving to the next. The reason why growth is so important is because you feel those levels of mistakes and those ideas of of what happened. And then you're able to learn from that situation and then grow for the better. But none of that starts without accountability. None of it. None of it starts unless you as a person own that shit. So what I was saying about white people and their privilege. Yo, just own the fact that a lot of y'all are just fucking imbeciles, right? Like, I'm not I'm not saying that y'all purposefully set out to be that way, but y'all privilege makes it that way. It Like, like that's the part about white people. Like, they just don't understand. Like, no, I'm not, I'm not saying because of your privilege, you're a bad person. But have you made some bad choices because of said privilege? Absolutely. Like, I, absolutely. And it's okay for that to happen. I've made plenty of mistakes. Six months ago, I made a huge one. A year and a half ago, I made a huge one. Five years ago, huge ones, right? I'm, I'm the king of doing some dumb shit. But, but I learned from those things and those circumstances, right? And five years from now, I won't be making the same mistakes. Exactly. Shit. Six months ago, right? People who know me know me. have Darius, you know this. I've changed completely in terms of who I was six months ago because I took those things seriously. I'm still the same jovial, laughing motherfucker that I was. But in terms of how I view things, the way that I do things, trying to continue to, again, really hold myself accountable. Yo, that all starts with us. And it starts with people. Again, men. I'm talking about men. Sundays for men. That starts with men doing that for other men. Yo, black men. Right. I'm talking to y'all. Black men. Stop letting other black men do dumb shit on y'all watch. Stop that shit. Stop that shit. Gio or Darius, when I have a problem with y'all, who the fuck do I go to if I have a problem with y'all? Straight to me, bro. Straight to us. 
Like, yes, stop, mm-hmm. stop with this dumb shit about tweeting a motherfucker or hitting somebody through social media. Actually, let me take it a step further, and it's going to really ruffle some feathers. Yo, stop. Yo, men, men, stop texting other men when you got a problem with them. Call them. Talk. See them in person. Mm-hmm. Set up a, a fucking dinner. Go get some beers. I don't give a fuck what you do. But, yo, stop this whole, now nah, I need to text through some shit. Stop that shit, man. That's some bullshit. And that's some female shit. Start holding each other accountable. If this circumstance don't teach you anything else, this George Floyd shit, if it don't teach y'all anything else, bro, this Omar Arbery shit, like I'm not saying that they were wrong in the things that they were doing, right? But this is a perfect, a perfect opportunity to now start talking to other black Mm -hmm. men seriously about the shit that they got going on in their lives. Especially ones that's out here trying to make a fucking difference in some shit. That's it. We, when we talked about the, the things that we could do to help this circumstance. It, again, I'm bringing it back for men, right? Because this, this, these episodes are to hold men accountable. Yo, stop the dumb shit. It starts with us. This community starts with us. It starts with the things that we do with our platform, how we use our monetary gain, yes. right? Coming into college, getting college educated. Yo, you know how many people I had to sacrifice for all three of us to get a college education? Mm-hmm. Yo, it, start, it starts with us. Like, that's what... That, I can't get over that. I just told Nuri. It starts with us. It starts with who we are as black men. We have to hold one another accountable. To y'all, jokingly, I say this jokingly, to y'all coons in these interracial relationships, yo, stop stop cooning the fuck out with these people that y'all are with that's not black. It starts with y'all in the fucking bedroom. The girl I talked to the other day was like, y'all understand how black men could be in interracial relationships? It's like colonization in the bedroom. And I cracked (laughs) up. Nah, but she exactly right. As a person who, you know, because I believe firmly and love being for everybody. I do. But man, y'all white people are testing that belief. Y'all white people are testing me. Like, nah, it starts with, if you in a situation with somebody, Darius, to your point, if you in a situation with somebody, right, and y'all in an interracial relationship, an interracial marriage, shit, even if y'all just fucking talking, y'all better start bringing this shit up because you got to know who the fuck you dealing with, whether on the white side or on the black side. Again, I, I, shit, I'm, I'm very objective. I'm not biased, right? It start with both. If you conscious as a white person, the few of y'all that's out there, if you conscious as a white person and you see that this motherfucking out, out here cooning, don't really got nothing to do with this society, shit, that tell you a lot. Same thing with you as the black person. If you out here dealing with a white person, right, or a person that's not of African-American descent, and they out here not really having a say about these things that are going on right now, tells you a lot. So we, you know, we got to bring it back, I think, to to who we are as men in this society. Like, we got to, we got to do, we got work to do. We really do have work to do. You know, even on Temple's campus, we got smooth and shit. Like, that's something that's, you know, important to us. If y'all don't know what smooth is as listeners, go look it up. S-M-O-O-T-H, right? Smooth Temple. Go look it up. It's there. But like. It starts with us, D. Darius. It starts with us. And that's what these episodes are. Getting back to the foundation of who we are as men. Because we have work to do. 
my mom out here telling me she, you know, my mom says she's 38, the sequel, right? So <laughs> my mom, you know, as, a, as an aged veteran in the game, you know, she out here telling me 55-year-old men dealing with this dumb shit we talking about. Texting my mama like, oh, I, I got an issue with this down the third. I, I don't want to say nigga on the podcast. But like, nigga, you grown, grown. <laughs> Be somebody grandfather. Bro. You know what I mean? Like, you grown, grown. Texting a woman about some, yo, come on, stop that shit. Like, let's have a conversation, right? Let's start doing things the way that we should as men. And, mm-hmm. you know. We really got to get back to that. And that's what Sundays for Men is for. Really getting back to that. My takeaway from like the this episode and the whole situation that's happening, men have to step up. Black people in general have to step up. It's time for us to stop acting off of impulse and start strategizing, Ooh, start organizing, and start talking, making talking. progress. You that's talking, talking. Gio, Gio, you just said impulse control. You yeah, act talking. off impulse. You talk because that's, that's the black man's downfall, mm-hmm. impulse. You talk it. So we got to, it's time to strategize, bro. Like, that's that's the only thing that's going to defeat this. That's, Strategy and organization. That's going to fly overhead, though. I know. Darius, I want to hear your takeaways, too. I know. That's, that's my, that's my takeaway. That impulse control, that's going to fly overheads. But go ahead, Darius. What's your, what's your takeaway? Nah, yeah, I, I had already said my, my takeaways. Uh, but my, my, my takeaways from this episode, if you, if you haven't gotten anything, I, I would just say take the time to, to educate yourselves. Yes. Uh, on, on what's going on in your communities, uh, like like I had previously said before, you, you you're not small, right? You you have a voice and it matters. So use your voice, you know. Talk about it, even if it's not talking about it publicly. If you feel more comfortable talking and doing some fellowship, uh, bet- between each other, between your immediate group, to create a solution there, uh, I think that's great. Chris, you said therapy, right? If that's something that you need to heal from the trauma that you've seen, go that route. Uh, but find some type of route where you're able to have some type of release as well as some type of conversation to be able to find a solution. And hit us, um, and hit us. not to interrupt you, Darius, but like, you know, just because I'm super passionate about this situation and may sound militant and holding y'all motherfuckers accountable, right? It doesn't mean that I can't have a very civil conversation about whatever is going on. Literally. Because I, I do. I, I think that, Darius, you're exactly right. And And again... Not to interrupt you, I just want to make that extremely clear. I don't want us, because we in here passionate, to come off as, again, these motherfuckers that can't have conversations with white people or Latino people, Latina, Latinx people, Asian people, whatever. Like, no, nah, I'm, I'm, again, extremely objective. I could talk about anything very, very unbiased-like, mm-hmm. right? I, we could just deal on a fact level. Y'all are more than welcome to hit us to have a conversation because we want to. Exactly. If y'all want places to start. I gave y'all two books on this podcast. They can talk about black people, especially black men don't read. Uh, <laughs> I've read both those books cover to cover. Like, so again, there are spaces for you all to have those conversations and you could go ahead and finish there. It's my bad. I just wanted to get that out there because I didn't want listeners to feel like, you know, that we alienating. Like, no, nah, oh, not, not at all. Not, not at all. No, no, no. And, and, and yeah, and, my, and to my last point, it, it's, it's accountability. I think that's the biggest point. Mm-hmm. Um, hold, hold your peers accountable. Um, hold everybody accountable. Everybody needs to hold everybody accountable. And that's going to be able to propel the change. Um, so the, I feel like that's my biggest takeaway is you're not small. You can create an impact within your immediate community. Uh, vote. You know, there, there's, we, uh, we we have lots of solutions that we're given here. Uh, so continue the conversation, open up your mind, um, you know, and be that solution that you want to see. 
Agreed. And I'll leave it at that. Quickly, since we didn't have an episode on Tuesday, um, what are y'all listening to right now to kind of like help get y'all through? Like Darius, I know you oh. drove home yesterday. <laughs> oh. uh, we normally do songs of the week for Tuesday, guys. We didn't do one Tuesday, so I'm going to do a special one for today on Sunday. What, what are y'all listening to to really help even y'all out? I don't even say it's even to me. It says list, um, Arrest the President by Ice Cube. <laughs> I've been bumping that hard lately. And like, it's really, I'm just listening to this song and it's just, even the, the next song on the album is good too, but Arrest the, um, Arrest the President by Ice Cube. That, that's my jam right now. The other one is Chase Down the Bully. Love those. What about you, D? Mm. What I've been listening to, um, I know we talked about it a little bit yesterday, uh, I've still been listening to that Dreamville album, honestly. Uh, the Dreamville album plus the deluxe version, Sacrifices, is, is probably my favorite song on there. Uh, but listen to it, you know. I, I, the whole album got gems. J. Cole, my favorite artist. Uh, but Sacrifices it, it still remains my song of the week. Got you, got you. What you, what you got for us, Chris? Um, remember I said on the uh, Tuesday's playbook from last week, uh, that if I gave y'all a rap song, something's going on. Mm-hmm. Remember I said that? Yes. And I'm a man of my word. I, again, black men hold each other accountable. I'm a man of my word. And so with all of this going on, um, shouts to my mom. Uh, she played this album for me back in 1999. I was 10 years old. I know I just gave my age. Right. But I was 10 years old. And I've been listening to Most Def or Yasin Bey, however you guys want to know him in his artist's name, uh, Black on Both Sides. I think that that album, no matter what color you are, right, is extremely influential to society even today. Uh, it is a classic, in my opinion, from songs like Speed Law to Rock and Roll to uh, Mathematics. I've been listening to that album nonstop um, the past couple of days. Mm-hmm. And so... I would say, you know, take your pick, but the Black on Both Sides album by Yasin Bey, most of That's what I've been listening to. It's tough. So, last last gym, last gym, fellas, for, for Sundays for Men, man. You know, accountability. I think that's going to be our word of the mm-hmm. week yeah. for Sundays for Men, Darius. I, that's a that's a great, great word. That wraps it up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that wraps sums it up everything we said. Accountability. Yeah, accountability, man. Let's, let's start getting back, you know, getting better with the accountability and uh, cause I, it's time, it's time, black man, black people, it is time. We gotta hold each other accountable. So Good. that's gonna be our episode for Sundays for Men. We'll talk to y'all in a couple days for Tuesday's playbook. Peace.